Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 17, Aubrey Hayes. She's a fantastic songwriter. She has always been at the top of NPR's Tiny Desk Contest. She's a rad human being. And in this episode, we talk about her process, how she got started. So let's not wait. Let's just jump in. Episode number 17, Aubrey Hayes. You're one of those people when I listen to your music and then I talk to you, I'm like, that is, that's you. Like, I don't, I never feel a disconnect. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's, and but you know what? Sometimes people don't really care about that. But when I listen to your music, I feel like that's a very intentional thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're very just like, this has to, it has to feel like you, that it, all, all of that, that whole ground of being, if you will. But like, what are your thoughts? Is that something very consciously that you do? I guess not super consciously. I'm never like, oh, this doesn't sound enough like me or whatever. But I do try very hard to write from experience and or just my take on whatever it is I'm writing about. I think mm -hmm. for several years I was struggling to find my voice, not just write a song. And then... At some point, something clicked, and I feel like I found it and have been trying to write from there ever since. Was there a moment where it clicked? Is there anything specific you remember? Or was it like a small shift and almost like over time with each one, it kind of transformed? I think it, it's kind of more like that. It's, it's more gradual. Sometimes I write something that's totally out of left field, and I've been trying to exercise my chops on that as well because I think it's just a good exercise but as far as the stuff that I write I feel like it can kind of go all over the place all over the board a little bit um, I definitely have jazz background I have bluegrass country yeah uh, musical theater I listen to a ton of folk music and stuff like that, and just classic rock. It's kind of, I, I, there's no music I don't like. And so I feel like as I progress as a songwriter, my songwriting kind of becomes just an amalgamation of past things I've been involved in, plus whatever I'm currently listening to slash have listened to in the past and obsessed over a little bit. <laughs> well, I think we all have those moments where we obsess over something and it's like you absorb it because you're just like constantly listening to it and you find a fascination with it. I'm curious, like what was your, so was musical theater kind of the entryway where you kind of like a, a kid raised on music and it was just kind of like in, ingrained in you? I was definitely involved in theater my whole life. My mom ran several theater programs, but I kind of started with, more than just musical theater. I was doing a lot of just, I, I took piano from the age of four. And so classical music was something I started with as well. I did a lot of musical theater. And I think for a while had the like musical theater voice, you know, the like kind of nasally, like here I am to tell my tale. <laughs> and I love how that was already slightly musical. Here I am to tell my tale. Pretty much. <laughs> It's like, that could be, it. you can write that music. I don't even know what that is, but it's mm -hmm. just, I know what you mean. It's that presence when they walk in the door and they're like, hi, I'm here. And right. it's just like, ugh. Yeah, hi. it's like super on, super like aggressively on and in your face. 
so yeah, I mean, I did that. I did some choir stuff. I was doing like opera and classical pieces. And then I kind of fell in love with jazz and singing jazz. And so done country like my whole life. Uh, I've sung a lot of Appalachian hymns earlier on in life because we would sing at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, I feel like there wasn't one particular thing that I was like, oh, this is music. And all those things that you mentioned, like musical theater, uh, Appalachian hymns, uh, jazz. And it's just like, I'm feeling like this up and down vocally thing because there's so many different styles mm-hmm. and different nuances within that. With that background, when you started the idea of writing a song too, was it also finding your voice and just like what feels like, what's me and what's not this, like, you know, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that. How did you, how do you do that vocally too? I think ultimately like everybody learns how to sing in one way or the other. And a lot of people that's through mimicry of other artists they like or whatever their musical background is. And so I, I would love to teach at some point finding your voice, not somebody else's, not like, I don't, not like you're, you want to sound exactly like Ariana Grande. Like she's a wonderful vocalist, but not everybody is Ariana Grande. And I think Ariana Grande (laughs) sounds great as Ariana Grande, you know? Um, So how many times can I say Ariana Grande? You can say it as many times as you Um, want because it, (laughs) but I think what you're trying to say is the more important thing, especially when you're not just singing, but like, especially songwriting and being an artist is like Mm -hmm. your authenticity part is the thing that connects people to you. And if it feels fake and if it feels like that's not you, anything that's self-sustaining, anything that's lasting, that's, that's not going to be a thing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And also too, you're probably not going to feel good because you're going to be like, (laughs) I'm just, and I think that's the thing too. It's like, if you don't feel like it's you and you wake up one day and you realize, ah, for, you know, eight years, I've been trying to be so-and-so who am I? That's a horrible feeling. That's a horrible feeling too. The big question I have too, when did you make that jump to be like, oh, I write songs to like, I want to write songs. There's something, there's a boldness when you move to a music city and you get there and you're like, I'm here. Writing had always been something that I, that I did, that I've done. I've been writing songs since I was about seven years old, but I didn't really put the hard work, the hard chop work into it until I moved to a music city. My degree was in theater in college. And so for four years, I trained as an actor. And then I realized I didn't want to spend my life playing other people, funnily enough. Um, So yeah, I was trying to figure out, well, where does my own unique thing sit? You know, the, the acting world along with the music world can be pretty brutal. But I think that the one thing that I enjoy about the music world more is um, nobody can do what you do, right? Like people, you can be in competition with people that are like you, but nobody is showing up in the exact same outfit with the exact same song as you when you are creating your own artistry as a musician. No one's exactly like you. And I feel sometimes the preconceived notion when you're an artist is like, you're looking around at what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. and you're looking at what's pot. And then you're trying to fit that mold. It's almost like you're trying to like cram everything yourself into that mold and be like, come on, I'm this. 
And then suddenly it's just like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And it, but when you embrace and you kind of like live into the, your, I guess your eccentricities and who you are. And it's like, well, this is what's good about it because there's no one exact, like we all have some things that are slightly similar, but no (laughs) one's like exactly, exactly like you. I don't know. That's to me something that's very there. It's very vulnerable, but it's also very empowering at the same time. It's this weird combination. Totally. I, I absolutely believe it's empowering. And I think one of the things that's challenging about all of this, right, is not just being the artist, making the art, putting it out there, but the social media component of it, like can sometimes feel a bit baffling because there are certain things that we know work in social media and certain things that don't, and not everybody fits into those like influencer molds (laughs) (laughs) and nor do I want to be an influencer. I would rather not influence people. I would have people (laughs) influence themselves I don't know if you've ever seen Life of Brian, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I feel like the scene where he just really? like, he was like, listen, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to follow anyone. You're all individuals and they're all in a group. Yes, we're all individuals. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's how it can feel sometimes where you're just like, I want to be engaged. But like, what's that fine line of feeling? I know what you mean. The social media, like, Whoa, like mm-hmm. I feel like I got some dirt on me. And I see like, you know, those cool Instagram videos that are like two seconds, five things you need to do with your music to monetize it. Here's what you're not doing. And it's like, it's like a Red Bull energy drink. And you're kind of like, <laughs> I, I don't really drink that. That's not my thing. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Like, I think that was, oh God, anytime anybody is like, oh, these are the, this is the X, Y, Z, so on, so forth thing that you need to do in order to be successful. And I'm like, well, that's a crock of shit. Like I, (laughs) it's that thing of like, it works for some people and then it doesn't work for other people. And then you pay for this like online course that promises you these things and it doesn't give you those things or it does it in a way that is false or whatever. And then you're sitting there going, well, how do I really crack this? How do I really get into this? And I think the answer is like, I think we just kind of have to keep creating our art and not worry too much about that stuff and manufacturing it and just trying to let it like come out when it comes out. But that can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. I feel sometimes people are given like, this will work for you, but they're not told it might not. And that's okay too, because then they run around with this idea. Like it's not, it's not working for me. There's something wrong with me. And it's like, and that is a horrible feeling. It's this thing with like, again, with like social media, I feel like they're, selling you on this idea of what your life could be like how successful you could be when it's the the faustian complex right like anything that you're gonna take a shortcut to and not do the hard work to get there might not actually be worth doing yeah yeah Ugh. so for means of communication through songwriting, when it comes to your approach of writing and, you know, you pick up the guitar and you're like, mm-hmm. cool, I'm going to write a song. What is the process for you that seems to go hand in hand? Is it more melody based? Does it does it have to come through like something, a vibe in a field that you're plucking through? Or does it all kind of like go hand in hand where it's like this idea that's in your head and then it's like trying to find out what that idea is? I feel like for me, there's no one process that works better than any of the others. Um, 
one of the tunes that I recorded with Austin Music Foundation is called I Want to See This Through. And I was sitting in a house that I was renting like two-ish years ago. No, like mm-hmm. three years ago now. And wow, that's really been three years. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> just goes to show you how long it takes to get your stuff recorded. Um, but yeah, we were sitting there and having a conversation. And sometimes I'll just hear a phrase somebody says and I take that and I'm like, wow, this is something is something's up with this. And so I just yeah. kind of keep writing and keep writing down like word ideas. And in that instance, I had a little baby like Casio kind of piano thing nearby. And I started plucking on that. And this whole little thing just kind of came to life in front of my eyes. And that was really cool. Um, that's one way that it happens. Sometimes it's like a whole fully fledged idea just like loops into my brain. <laughs> like sitting on like I remember I was sitting on the toilet like a few <laughs> like months ago and I literally it felt like I saw like a marquee flash of words <laughs> like flashing in my brain and I was like, what the hell? Like I gotta go right. And so I like got off the toilet and like <laughs> ran past my boyfriend and once like he was like what's up and I'm like I got a song I, there's a song in my head I, I thought of it on the toilet and he's like great and so I-, <laughs> I why can't I have productive moments on the toilet <laughs> like that I feel like that's never been something that I've had it's yeah. been no that's cool because that's also um Elizabeth Gilbert talks about I forget which poet she mentions but she says that creativity is looking for like this body, whoever like is host, available, yeah. a host and willing to do it. And like she said that there was like this poet and she knew that she had from the moment she thought like this is the poem that's being birthed inside of me. She had a small window of time between hand and grabbing that pen and paper and writing it down. And there have been times where she got there too slow mm-hmm. and was like, it's gone. Oh, well, I'll wait for the next one. And I'm like, what you're describing that toilet moment is like, shit, I would be like uh, that, you know, that sounds like a moment of like, okay, what? And then like, uh, this needs to happen now. Like I have Mm -hmm. have to stop what I'm doing (laughs) and I will come back to this and now I must finish this. It's such like a, yeah. And having the, (laughs) the space to grab onto those moments, it's like, you never know when they're going to come knocking. They're like unsolicited creative muses like visitor kind of things they knock on your door and they're like yo what up like i'm here but i can't be here like 20 minutes from now you gotta let me in now like uh i have expo markers in my bathroom too where i'll sometimes like write lyrics on the mirror a lot of the time it's in the shower too i feel like my brain somehow comes up with these things a lot of the time when i'm doing an activity where like my body is being used for something else. So like running, driving a mm-hmm. car, taking a shower, sitting on the toilet. <laughs> so like kind of like passive brain things so that my brain is like still thinking about other things, but uh, my body is preoccupied with something. I mean, if you ever do become an influencer, you could do an Instagram videos like five smart writing ways on the toilet. And it's just mm-hmm. immediately brand that out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Oh, okay. So here's something too that I feel like what you're describing and how you're describing your process, you know, every year it seems to be like, you know, everybody knows about Tiny Desk NPR. Mm -hmm. 
it seems like you consistently every year get to the very top, the very top, like year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Well, this past year, it was for a song, Parachute. Interestingly enough, I'll talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah. That song was a poem before it was a song. Mm. Sometimes I write poetry with no intention of it ever becoming a melodic thing. And I was kind of, sometimes I'll leaf back through my poems that I've written and I'm like, wait, no, this deserves to be a song. (laughs) (laughs) At the time I was really um, infatuated with this uh, individual Mm -hmm. and he was playing in my band. I'll just, like, he's my boyfriend now. So it worked out. Uh, But uh no, that's yeah. a nice story. That's a good story. That's an amazing story. <laughs> I was like trying to be all cheeky about it. And I'm like, nah, it's fine. Um, so I think I was playing some random guitar stuff like while we we're warming up for rehearsal. Um, mm-hmm. Cause he's, he's in my band. He's my bassist. And uh, he pointed out, he's like, Oh, that's super cool. That's a cool riff. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And like, I was like, wow, he thinks it's cool. Like I should remember this. <laughs> and then like literally after rehearsal sat down and started playing around with it and then was like oh wait this poem oh wait this like because it was a poem for him because I was trying to figure out if I liked him or not and we were both in places where we like probably should not have been getting into relationships according to like all the like rules you read online or whatever the (laughs) hell but um sometimes timing isn't gonna let you like yeah again like it's like you know it's like knocking on your door like hey I'm here now so (laughs) let me in but uh yeah kind of did that and it just came together pretty naturally and I think in that that particular song they were just like it just worked I don't know I there's something like sometimes you write a song and you're like okay that's a song cool and then sometimes you write a song and you're like wait this is a song like you know like you get that feeling and you're like this is this one's good like yeah and you know it and you're like ready to like develop it and it's the first time with Tiny Desk where I submitted something that I wrote fairly recent to the recording process, at least. Um, so it was pretty raw. It was pretty emotional. And yeah, I think I think they respond to that. I think they respond, NPR, I mean, um, I think yeah. they respond most to authenticity and this like vibe. Like if you watch any of the like ones that win, they're just like oozing with a vibe but it's not like the same vibe it's just like that person's essence on yeah. camera on screen in a song and if i'm looking kind of at myself with a a fine tooth comb like i'm pretty hopelessly romantic i have a lot of ideations about romance and all of that and i'm very emotional i cry like most days about something or another yeah um, not in like a, a weird way. I guess it's, it's kind of weird. I, no, honestly, no. let's normalize crying like every day. Let's be real. Like it's been a weird year. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I think we've all cried multiple times. And I think what you're saying, normalize it too, because it's like, it's not a bad emotion. You can feel that emotion. It's not bad. And it's like, it's not always sad either. It's yeah. not always, it's like, I've, I cry at happy things just as much as I cry at sad things. Like, one of the most recent things I cried at that I can think of, there's probably more recent things, but I saw an old man walking his um, dachshund, his like fat little dachshund and the dachshund like rolled in the grass 
and was just having a, a time of his life. And this dude was just smiling ear to ear and rubbing his dachshund's belly. And I just started sobbing in the car because <laughs> uh, it was so cute. And there was just so much joy in that moment. And so I yeah. think whenever I write a song and I'm like, whoa, this is good. I feel like it's less so like, this is how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life in a song. It's more like a, this is a moment that I had. It can also be very liberating and very mm-hmm. just like, I needed to get that out. And for some folks, they can't say it, but if they write it in a song, it's a realization. It's a moment of reflection. It's like songwriting is a very powerful tool. It's not, yes, it's great when people love it. And it's like, I want to buy your song. And you're like, yeah. But the idea that you can also use it for so many other means is fantastic. And a lot of the time, it's not even all me. Like, like you know, I said the thing with the, the song mm-hmm. that I wrote for Austin Music Foundation Sometimes it's a conversation I have with somebody and they say something and I'm like, whoa, that's a lyric. Like, holy shit. That's that's the start of a song. That's a hook. Like, not like a hook as like a, you know, melodic hook thing, but like yeah. a like a first line of a book or a poem or a song or whatever. It like grabs you and it's like, you're coming with me, buddy. <laughs> wow. Creativity is kind of a kind of a bo- like a little bossy uh, jerk sometimes. Um. It, it can be. It, can, it It's amazing how creativity can take so many different forms. And I don't know. It's also embracing the idea that there's not a wrong form of creativity, too. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people have the emotion, like, it's got to look like this. And if it doesn't look like this, it's not creativity. And it's like, nope. And it's like, that's you got to get that. That's not how it works at all. Um, but no, I find it fascinating because I feel like your songs are respect. Uh, and you know receptive when i look at like all the comments when you're getting there and like especially like this year like mm-hmm. top four and i remember i think it was last year's winner of the tiny desk contest was like in a live stream talking about you being like here's why this song is so amazing and mm-hmm. it's just like it's very there's a reason why so many people connect with your music um now how do you you know when you when you have that in mind you have these things that are happening i guess how do you stay balanced in your creativity I think I haven't figured out the answer to that yet. (laughs) For me, as of late, uh, the songwriting process does not seem to come very difficult, or it's not a difficult process for me too much anymore. Um, I'm sure I'll have another episode of Writer's Block eventually, but that process has kind of been demystified for me in a certain sense. Like moving forward, I'm trying to really poke and prod at arranging and um, pre-production and all of that for the recording process is such a different animal than the songwriting. So I think right now I'm trying to figure out the balance of writing new material and then also thinking about the material that I already have and how I want to bring that to life in a recording process because ultimately... Ultimately, I write these songs for me, right? That's the core of why I do what I do. I want to share them with more people, so I have to record them. And in order to record them, I need to be thinking about the instrumentation and things like that. And so I'm still figuring out that balance. I think other ways that I can think of, because it's kind of like a, a an open-ended question, I feel like, in some ways. So I'm trying now, you know, I was doing catering work and stuff like that, and uh, all of that's disappeared for the time being. So with unemployment ending and all that, I'm trying to figure out a job that I can do and that I can leave and not think about. 
after I've, you know, yeah. done that job. Because I think that's also really important to creativity um, is having the bandwidth to be able to still create. Because if you're overworking yourself, and I think it's Bjork. Yeah, Bjork has this wonderful quote. And she speaks with kids in Iceland all the time about this. Um, and they have a totally different like work-life balance structure in Iceland. But uh, if you're staying up till midnight every night, working and working and working, you're less likely to have new ideas. You're less likely to create new things because you're pushing yourself too hard. Um, you're outstretching what your limits are. I couldn't agree more with that because at this point in my life, I forget who I was talking to with, but I'm like, once it hits nine o'clock, like I'm ready for bed. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm just like, I remember back in the day, you know, maybe at like nine thirty, it was like I'll track bass now, and mm -hmm. man, it was awful. Like mm -hmm. anything that happened past that nine p.m. <laughs> was shit. And then I remember waking up in the morning the next day, looking and be like what the hell was this? Like, I got to yeah. retract this now. And then suddenly I embraced the idea of like early morning is phenomenal. Like the best stuff is going to be in that, you know, like seven to 10 o'clock, like right. 7 a.m. to 10 is going to be like prime and everything after that eh, won't be bad. But if it's after 6 p.m., nope. That's fair. I feel like everybody has their like, their window right I think everybody's yeah. brain works in a different way and like I think my brain sometimes works better creatively with with the exception of vocals vocals mm -hmm. are a whole other thing as far as recording them but yeah I think for some reason those early hours in the early early morning or like late hours like late late at night I feel like my brain is just more active and more susceptible to creativity and creative ideas. And so that can be a very challenging um, schedule to work with, especially if you're trying to like live and make money in other ways when you're not making a ton of money from your music. And I think that kind of touches on another thing of like staying balanced with your creativity is something totally different than being an entrepreneur and fielding all these different opportunities that come up when you are self-managed and or like partially managed musician, there are a lot of other tasks that you're um, trying to tackle rather than just the creative process. So creative balance kind of hinges on privilege in some ways, I would say, and not just privilege, but like, I think it's also a bit of structure, like the structure you create for yourself within your day. Like you have time for the things you make time for Yeah, is kind of what I'm getting at. And it can I love be- that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I love that. Do you feel like, too, like, uh, you know, I, I feel like late in life I discovered the best things are to say no to those things. Like, it's like a lot of things I'm saying no to and I feel great. I guess the, be yeah. or I, the best feeling, not necessarily the best thing, but the best feeling sometimes is just saying no to things and then suddenly realizing, like, I was taking too much on my plate. And then mm -hmm. suddenly now the things that I said, oh, I don't have time for no, I just need to actually make the time for the things that I truly like and ask the question, what do I really enjoy? Who do I really enjoy being around? And who are who bring, who makes me feel good too, like when I'm with them? And I don't mean the, necessarily the false kind of like, you're an amazing person, pat on the back and just compliment, compliment. But like I'm right. with them, they talk and I'm like, 
that was a really good conversation. I feel good. And not just like, shit, I feel so drained. I need to get out. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I need to recuperate. And it's just like, it, that to me, what you're saying right now, I think is super important for musicians, songwriters especially do, because if you want to be a well of creativity and good ideas, if it's just, you know, getting backed up with bad stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> from others, you're not going to come, come away with the songs that you want to have. Yeah. I think it's that whole thing. If you can't pour from an empty vessel and you also can't create, if you're not around people that help you foster those creative, that creativity. And I think that is something so huge that yeah. I wish I knew earlier in life of like, if anything is costing you your mental health, then it, it is too expensive. Find something else. I know that my time is valuable and my energy is valuable, like more so than time. Like time is one thing, but energy is something you have a very limited capacity of. Yeah. And what you're giving your energy to is so crucial to like what you're able to accomplish in your life. And yeah, I think this is the hard part about being in the music industry is a lot of the time you can get kind of drawn in by that falseness of people blowing smoke up your ass and, and then they try to take advantage of you. I had a recent situation where um, something was offered to me under one kind of pretense. And then they sent me a 360 record deal and I was like, whoa, this is not what we talked about. Like we talked about a mix and like you were going to kind of do some licensing stuff and this is not at all. And then they like <laughs> totally pulled rank and we're just like, well, you're just young and naive and you don't know what you're talking about. And we were under the impression that you saw these kinds of contracts before. And I'm like, okay, cool. But my lawyer said, absolutely do not sign unless they're fronting you like millions of dollars. So goodbye, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But for, and also, for what it's worth, uh, Mikey, uh, I, I do really enjoy talking with you as well. And you're definitely a person um, <laughs> who, when I talk with, I feel like, oh, there's like there's places to move towards, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm also inspired by what you've been kind of creating for yourself with uh, your course and um, oh. the the sync stuff. Like, I know we've got plans to co-write in mm -hmm. the future. Um, when I get back from my camping trip. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, oh, there's like that one statistic that says you become more like the people you spend, like the three people you spend your, the most time around. Mm -hmm. So inevitably <laughs> who you give your time and energy to, who you're inviting into your life, who, whose energy you're inviting into your life, um, really does delineate a whole lot. Um, and I feel like I kind of talked in circles there, but I think no, we got but back it, to <laughs> I know exactly. It, it, it truly does matter because like what you're surrounded by, essentially you absorb a ton. And so mm -hmm. it's going to come out in your words and your actions. And if you're a songwriter, it's going to come out in your songs. And so if you're around shitty people and you're like, God, why are these songs awful? Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think it's because like, you know, I'm not, there's nothing good from my well that I'm drawing. And that, that may be, and they may pull out some good, so like some songs that are like, woof, this sounds heavy. This mm -hmm. song sounded heavy too. This song sounded heavy too. It's a whole bunch of heavy because there's so much inside you right now that needs unpacked. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, everything that you said, I 
I every time I talk to you, I'm like, that was a good conversation. Like, I feel good. Like, I don't feel like, well, talk to Aubrey. That was heavy. <laughs> uh, I need to, I'm just going to go lie down for a little bit because we all have those moments, but you feel like it's cool to hear someone just totally vibing out and totally excited about the things that they create and the purpose and the reason. And you're like, wow, there are people like that in the world and gets you excited and also gives you hope that there are other ones out in the world that are doing the same thing, that creativity is alive and well and vital and energized. And people are looking for those good outlets to release that music. And it's always mm -hmm. exciting to find that. I feel empowered when I talk to people that are doing the thing and have, I don't know, it's like this year sucks. Like a lot of, a lot of things suck about it. Um, I think one thing, and this is absolutely coming from a place of privilege. I've been super fortunate to, a, to be able to get unemployment, to be able to still have a home and food. And there's a lot of things that a lot of people are taking for granted right now and just kind of pointing fingers and being really angry. But one of the good things about this year is it kind of forced everybody into a little bit of a hiatus of uh, what do we truly value? Mm -hmm. And how do we keep those at the forefront of what we do? Um, how do those things like, I think for a lot of people, it's been spending time with loved ones that they didn't always have um, because they were too busy running around doing whatever. And um, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and he was in like seven bands regularly. And I don't even know how many pickup gigs like he was doing but he was doing at least like 20, 25 gigs a, a month. And in addition to working at a violin shop and whatever else was going on. And um, yeah, he was saying the other day, he's like, I don't know if I can do that again. I don't know if I can like <laughs> God, go back I, to I that. Could, yeah. I could hardly be in one band, let alone seven. <laughs> Whew, that's heavy. Yeah. But I, 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 I yeah. don't think I don't think we're going to go back to how it was. And I think creativity is going to transform again. And I think it has Absolutely. been transforming. I think it has to because what we were doing was really unsustainable. And I think we're all realizing that now and going back to that balance thing. Right. Like, yeah, he kind of he kind of went back on what he said. He was like, oh, well, I guess I could do it if like things started picking up like that again. I was like, yeah, but like you're a really good bass player and he, you know, he has like a degree in it. Like you're a really good bass player. Like you could take less gigs that pay a little bit more and not have to stretch yourself so thin and then have the creativity like room to write. He wants to write his own music and he hasn't really delved fully into that yet and has been doing that more over quarantine. And it's like, I want to record more. And I was gigging so much that I wasn't doing the preparation with my band for recording sessions. And so we had four separate rehearsals all mm -hmm. masked all outside we like made it work I was so proud of us um but um where we like really dialed in just two songs yeah but before quarantine I was so busy with everything that we were just having to do like set list rehearsals you know like kind of run through stuff and make sure it was all flowing the right way um and I think there's something really cool about being able to put a big magnifying glass on this like one little thing of what you're doing and exploring that fully. And as I get older, I'm starting to really enjoy that more. It's all this weird balancing act of 
how do you like remain creative? How do you make a living at what you do? How do you make the supplemental income so that you can do that to like, so you can keep (laughs) doing that? It's like so many different little pieces. I think that people don't realize, and there's a lot that goes into being an artist, um, especially if you want to monetize that art. And I think the other important thing to remember, excuse me, when looking at that is not everything has to be monetized. Not everything that you do has to be monetized. And like I paint, I'm a shitty painter. I am so bad at painting. I will never sell a piece of art (laughs) that I paint. Um, unless somebody's just like, well, that's cool. Aubrey Hayes painted it. If if I'm at that level, cool. Don't, but I'm not there yet. Not everything has to be monetized, um, that you are creating. Oh my goodness. I love that. That I think it's true. Not everything needs to be, um, I I just remember because I'm a geek for Mr. Rogers. I love where there's this one episode where he pulls out a coloring board, like, and he starts drawing and he was like, I enjoy drawing. I'm not really good at it, but it's not the point. It's just the fun of it. And he's just mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, ah, I, 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 I think that's what we need to remember mm-hmm. is it, it's for the fun of it. And sometimes, yeah, not everything needs to be monetized. And I think you're a great example of you can do fantastic songwriting. You can stay authentic and it can still do well. You don't have to necessarily, you know, go to the Red Bull guy in the Instagram ad and click on and buy the course and then be like, this doesn't work for me. I don't know what's happening. This just isn't connecting. You're saying it's okay. It might connect. It might not, but keep on searching, keep on finding. Eventually when you find that voice and who you are, that's where things can happen. I love it. Yeah. So thank you for hanging out with me, getting real, talking about all of this. This was fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, Hope I didn't talk in in circles too much. (laughs) No, you're absolutely fine. And um, so if people want to find you and they're like, cool, I want to find you. I want to send you cute cat videos. Listen to your music. Where can they find you? Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter now, though I rarely post there because it's crazy and I don't quite understand it. Uh, Instagram. I have a website uh, where you can join a mailing list. Uh, I won't spam you every week with anything. I'm looking at doing stuff once a month, I think, because I don't think many people read emails from artists more than once a month. Uh, and then, uh, what was I, I said Facebook, Instagram, oh, Bandcamp. I'm starting a um, Bandcamp, like, fan club thing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and Spotify, I have one single out on there, but I would recommend if you really enjoy that song on spotify if you listen to it more than once and it's your jam like please go purchase it i think a lot of artists are struggling these days and we need to remember that just because it's available for free doesn't mean you shouldn't give money to that person that created something that means something to you and youtube there's stuff on there too it's all within the aubrey hayes band spectrum so at aubrey hayes band it should be facebook instagram twitter and then www.aubreyhayes.band on Spotify. I am just Aubrey Hayes. YouTube, Aubrey Hayes as well. Uh, gonna start trying to pump out some content. There was a lot of a lot of shite going on this year um, in, in, in the world and then also my personal life. So uh, yeah, just uh, stay tuned for more updates. And I'm pretty friendly on <laughs> You're very <platforms>. friendly. <laughs> 
if you want to send me a message, um, please do like, uh, as long as there's no unsolicited uh, pictures of genitalia, I'll probably be chill with it. <laughs> that is that I think that should go for everyone. So yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah, of course. You know, we're coming to the end of the year. It's hard to believe because 2020 has felt like one really long March. And if you spent this time and you've been waiting for the world to open up again and you're thinking, oh, when that happens, that's when I'll get down to my songwriting. That's when I'll get to improving some of my guitar skills. Let me tell you, there's no need to wait. Now is the time to jump in. So if you've been trying to figure out how do I find the perfect chords to fit my melody? How do I write a hook with just a few notes? How do I navigate in Logic Pro and arrange guitars? Well, that's why I created the Songwriting for Guitar Insiders group. Your first month, you're just gonna pay $1. You're gonna get all these skill building modules, a community of like-minded songwriters that you can connect with, share songs with, start collaborating with. And we meet once a month for a live coaching call where you can get feedback on songs and I can answer your questions. So remember, your first month is just $1. Just go to songwritingforguitar.com, click on the insiders button, and when you're at checkout, just enter the promo code YOURYEAR2021 and get your first month for $1. And that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Until next time.